Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Hello, hello, Heal Squad. Welcome back. It's going to be a great day here on Baby Week. We have another fun interview, which is funny because it's not so baby-centric that if you're listening to this, you're actually going to get some great parenting advice, whether you are a parent currently or potentially going to be one, Um, and some like life advice too. So stay tuned for this great conversation. We'll start with our quote of the day. comes from our guest, build your village, let love in, and ask for help. These are the words I live by. These are the words I live my life by. I truly believe that it takes a collective effort to raise a child and that we, the village, are all in this together. That's from Florence Ann Romano, friends. She is our guest today. If you're a new listener to The Heal Squad, welcome. We, uh, we like to have fun here. We like to learn. We like to grow. We like to get better in all areas of life. And we like to do it together with you because we are better together. Um, if you have not seen our curated page at Macy's.com backslash heel squad, I pick all my favorite things on the, the website, put them on there for you to easily shop for yourself, for anyone you love. Um, it's all up there. Macy's is a big supporter of this show. And so I, uh, I just wanted to share that link with you because it supports us and helps us keep the lights on. If you haven't left us a review, please do. We'll put that in the summary of this episode. Let us know how this show is helping you. And if the show is great and you love it and you think a friend would love it too, please share the show. It really helps us. And it's also helpful to your friend because if it's helped you, it will help them too. So help us with that. In the meantime, Florence, after spending more than 15 years as a childcare provider, during which she was known as the Windy City Nanny, Florence Ann Romano is an authority on child care and family support. She's a proud member of the board of directors at the, Ch- uh, at the Children's Research Fund and a founding member of Sesame Street's Leadership Council. 
She wants to show people that not only is the saying, it takes a village true, but also how important the need for community is when raising a child. So without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Florence Ann. Florence, I'm so excited to have you here on Baby Week. We, um, well, I need all the help I can get, and I know that it's not just me out there, but it is different having kids later in life. So what's your experience been for women like myself who at 44, turning 45, are just finally getting to this? It's so funny. You uh, are, are in sync with one of uh, the, a, a gal that I grew up with who also went through everything with IVF, tried everything. I saw you do an interview once where you're like, I stood on my head. I did everything I could. And then you ended up with surrogacy and so did she. And she uh, just had her baby a few weeks ago, a little girl. And she had the same question. She was talking to me about that too, saying, you know, am I going to have as much energy as I maybe would have had when I was younger? Am I, you know, have I waited to the last minute of my life to do all of this? And is that going to put me at a disadvantage? And the truth is, and I think, and even having gotten older myself and still haven't had kids and froze my eggs and did all of that, you know, trying to kind of prepare for my life. I kind of like having the the older, more, more wisdom, more life experience mindset. And I also was a nanny for 15 years. So I had experienced a different world, I would say to Maria when I was, you know, younger and experiencing families and the dynamics of raising children and I felt like I was getting this like kind of case study time done in my life where I was surrounded by a lot of different people who are making a lot of different life choices. And it inspired me because no one was really necessarily doing it the traditional way or following rules. And that was liberating. And I feel like that's what maybe you're starting to lean into right now is this liberation that, you know, you can't control so much in life and so much what happens and you controlled what you could. And now you're leaning into this new chapter of your life. And I would hate anyone to think that you're behind the mark. And I have done that to myself so many times where I'm like, I'm, I'm so far behind compared to everybody else. And that does me no good. And (laughs) I, right. It it just makes you crazy. It it keeps you up at night and it it brings about this shame. And when you swim in that and you're kind of feeling like you're swimming against that current of shame or comparison, then it, 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 it changes your energy. It changes the rhythm of your life in that way. And I actually think that's what inhibits you then from leaning in or making changes or being intentional. Well, I don't don't feel badly about doing it later. I just know it's going to be different, Mm -hmm. but I think it's going to be different in so many good ways because I have so much more patience, so much more life experience. I'm calmer and, uh, and my priorities are so focused on the right things. So Mm -hmm. I think this is the best time, but it's definitely going to be different and yeah. and I laugh because I look around at my contemporaries. I'm like, oh my god, their kids are in college, and I'm just starting. This is so crazy. <laughs> but but funny enough, going back to your point about feeling behind, I know a lot of people can get caught up in that feeling of behind in their careers. And right. I always just start to focus on the the people who had success later, the Seinfelds who wrote Seinfeld, and now he's a gajillionaire. But I mean, we all see him on on Kirby Enthusiasm now too, but um, we see that people can have success later. So many people are coming into their own later. 
Um, I'm giving one example, but there's a zillion. I mean, Michael, wasn't it Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team? Like everybody has a different path, different woes and different times to peak. And, um, and then, and I feel like there's times of like rebuilding, there's times of healing. So you do have to have empathy and kindness towards yourself because you will sink yourself before you even make it anywhere by thinking you're just behind. Everyone doesn't have to make it at the same time. I I watched a lot of people see me succeed really young and they'd be like, you know, why did you get there? I had an assistant once. He was maybe a year younger than me at the time. And he's like, wait, how come, why you? And I'm like, I don't know. That's just my path. <laughs> you know, this is how it worked out. Right, right. Um, so I wanted to just make a note of that. But I do think, and I, I didn't realize you didn't have kids yet. No, I don't have kids yet. And you've I, had believe, plenty of them, but I, not... I feel like, right. You know, there's that idea that, you know, I am not a mother yet myself, but I feel like I have done the action of mothering. I've done mothering as a verb, which I feel you probably too in your life have felt that way, that maybe oh, you've My mothered. parents, uh, thousands of hosts and people around me were, Kevin and I are like mama bear and papa bear to everybody. Uh, and then lots of dogs. Lots so of, yeah, exactly. That's with love. With the dogs, love we've figured out our roles. Like we know, I know <laughs> I'm the diagnoser, Kevin's the administrator, we know what we do and what we do well and what the other one doesn't. And so right, I feel right. like we've established our roles through that. Obviously, things will be a lot different with a child right. because it's a, it's a life. You can't just put them on their dog bed or their the couch and say, <laughs> peace, we're out. Um, but I do, I want to talk a little bit about kind of the transitions. I know you have, you're really good on transitioning from like the early days when you're really hands-on and then you have to kind of yeah. go back to work and yeah. life and the guilt that comes with that. I want to get into that yes. um, because I did bring in a baby nurse. Uh, mm-hmm. A baby nurse is going to come for the first three months to help us and she's going to live in with us. And it was a big decision. Yeah, But I know with all of my health stuff and everything. This was the best thing to do. I needed to be as easy on us as possible so that in the beginning, because it's going to be overwhelming, it's a massive life change. I want to feel like I don't have to stress and be scared. We don't need any, any health issues coming up. So, no, um, no. so we did that. And I, and I think that's going to be really helpful for us, but then there's going to be the transition when she goes. Right. And then it's all of a sudden this baby just sitting here and like, all right, this is, this is all me now. Yeah, and you know, finding a nanny, which I want to talk to you nanny. about. So I want yeah. to talk to you about the transitions. I want to talk to you about nannies and how to really vet nannies, how to find nannies and yes. then building a village. So you have a community around you, which is funny. I will share this as well. One of the things I've talked about is that I've literally been dying inside in LA for so many years because of a lack of community and because everyone out here can be very surfs up, everyone loves you, but then when you need them, they're not there. And it's a really hard place to, to feel that. And I'm not saying everybody, I've had amazing people in my life, but you're, you're just shocked left and right by people. Um, and so building that community, so you feel like you're not alone. And when you need people, they're there. I want to go through all of that with you. 
When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. We're going to break it all down. And, I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying about, I want to just pick on that, that piece about the community where you are. And it's, and LA can be a, a hard place to do that. I lived in LA for a bit after college too. And here I am, I'm, I'm Italian and Greek. So I have, you know, Midwest, you know, old school roots. I mean, my grandparents lived with me growing up in my parents' home, multi-generational. So when I went out there, all of a sudden it was like, I am really alone and I have to really build build all this myself. And it it really got me thinking about community a long time ago, you know, way before I started putting an emphasis on it in terms of personal growth. Um, But how we show up for one another in life and how we ask for help and how we let love in, all of that is, I think, what we're going to break down here because it changes during the different seasons of your life. 
Yeah. Uh, you also change how you show up for people depending on what you're going through in your life. Uh, and so, you know, starting with what you were talking about, Maria, with the baby, you know, coming home and you have that baby nurse and I'm thrilled you're doing it. Can I tell you <laughs> that with my cousins or my friends, I am the baby nurse. I am. <laughs> I will go to their house and be like, have you slept in a few days? I'll be like, no, I'll be like, well, I'm coming tonight and I'm Aww. staying. So, you know, again, you know, you can do it in that professional way, of course, but then hopefully you have friends and family maybe that will step in. And here's the piece of advice I'll give you with that. When someone offers help, whether it's dropping off food, sending food, coming there to help. Yes. 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 Don't Maria, don't you dare say no. You say yes. When anyone asks that you do it, you just say yes to it all. Uh, And the transition part of it, you know, especially when they're when they're so young and and when you're a new parent, uh, that's that's the piece, that helping piece. You know, you're not supposed to know all the answers. And, you know, you could say you could read all these books and everything like that. And then, you know, anyone will tell you just throw that book right out the window because it's kind of baptism by fire. Yeah, that's but, the hard part is I feel like, right. oh, my God, I need to know everything. And no. I know nothing. And I'm reading these books and there's so many opinions and everyone's Every expert has a different way. And I'm like, what am I going to do? No, that's exactly, it's too (laughs) overwhelming. I mean, it's like when you read those, you know, self-help books and it's like, okay, here, this is what's going to help you, you know, change your life. And then you read it and you're like, I'm not going to do any of this. This is way too hard. And I cannot wrap my head or, you know, run my fingers through this. No. So that's the worst thing that can happen is you start to feel overwhelmed by it. I think we're all in the same boat. It doesn't matter whether or not I was a nanny for 15 years when it's your baby and it, 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 it's, it's a totally changes the game. And I think that's part of the grace you have to give yourself too, is knowing that you are going to learn as you go. And there is no right way or wrong way to do it. And I, I can't tell you the number of times when I worked with a family where the mom would say to me, this is my first time changing a diaper. So I am not totally sure. And is there a different way you do it with a boy than a girl? And I don't know. And so, you know, you kind of learn these things together as you go and you ask for that help from people that you trust. You know, you go to your family members, you go to your friends and you say, what worked for you? Uh, And that's where online communities help people a lot, too, where they can kind of shoot that out there and say, hey, can you give me some some tips? And you find the most amazing tips from people who are in the trenches. Um, But this idea that you have to know what you're doing as soon as that baby comes home, there's no way. Not even the person who wrote that book that told you what to do knew what they were doing, probably. That's what I'll say about that. (laughs) Yeah, that's really helpful because it is, it is overwhelming. And then I have to, Kevin will always say, Maria, millions and millions and millions of people have done this. And there have been so many people who are going to be so much worse than us. (laughs) And I was like, okay. People in the bush, right? Like the the people in the bush that lived in the bush, you know, they were, they were raised kids, you know, what were they doing? But like doing a show like this where we cover traumas and like childhood, you know, things, you're like, oh my God, I have to do everything right. So this baby doesn't have traumas later, which obviously is insane to think that you're going to be able to do everything perfect, but they are the formative years and you are like really wanting to, to do all the right things. Even this morning I was thinking about, I'm like, oh gosh, well, I don't want her to have those kinds of traumas and that. And I'm like, wait a second. I, even if I raised her the way I was raised, I came out fine. 
And so even if I don't do anything different, even if I don't fix my traumas just in time for her arrival and now they're transferred to her, she's going to be fine because everyone has traumas and everyone is, is going to be damaged in some way, no matter how great a job I do. So I have to tell myself all these things. But, um, but well, it's... And, and you do. I, and I think in order for us, I think even just as adults, in order to navigate, you know, we have to put we have to talk ourselves out of talk ourselves into, you know, rationalize things. I mean, the same thing for me, you know, growing up, you you look at your life and you're like, okay, you know, this, uh, this didn't feel great. I'm going to change that, you know, that's that awareness that you're talking about, Maria, that's all that matters, I think, in the end is that, you know, something didn't feel good. And I'm not going to make that same mistake. I'm going to be aware of it. I'm going to be intentional about that. My mom had a great phrase and she still says it all the time. Take what we did right and use it. Take what we did wrong and lose it. Oh, I love that. Right. Isn't, I mean, that just hits it right on the head. And oh. that's, it applies to more than just raising children though, right. As you, as you grow up, I think you, you realize, okay, Maybe the way that I experienced that with my dad or the, you know, my dad, you know, I'm going to be totally transparent here. I'm an open book. My dad had a temper growing up. He loved, you know, loud, loud level, you know, talking. Was he the Greek or the Italian? The Greek one. (laughs) (laughs) Which, Maria, can I tell you? So my Greek side of the family, we are Spartan Greek. So my dad would always say this, like, you're from like the meanest of the the fighters. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So in our family, when someone's like really popping off, we'll look at each other and go, you're acting really Greek right now. Okay. And so, I mean, that, that's, that's funny. I mean, I had a great aunt, Maria, that just passed away a few months ago, 99 years old. Her name was Aphrodite. I mean, in this woman, I mean, talk about stories. I could come, we can have another conversation about that. But the things you learned from my aunt, oh my gosh. But, you know, as, as I grew up with my dad and I saw how he handled certain situations emotionally or handling discipline with me, uh, you know, it didn't always feel great. And I got nervous when then there was any sort of yelling like that. I didn't like any combativeness, but my mom was the calm one. My mom was even tempered. Uh, and so I kind of saw both ways of handling things. And I'll tell you the other piece of advice I have. As, as your daughter gets older and older and you start forming a relationship with her where hopefully it's transparent and you are vulnerable and you show the nooks and crannies of yourself, it's a place she can go with you and your husband where it's safe and she doesn't feel shame and she's not worried about revealing something to you. My mom was always really good at that from a very young age where no matter what we felt or what was going on in our life, we knew we could go to her and talk about it and not be embarrassed by anything. That's something she told me she changed about how she was raised. She was nervous to talk to her mom about things because it was very old school. Then. I was like that too. With your parents too, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, couldn't really talk. Oh my god, I couldn't even talk about a bra with my mom. It was like, oh, that's like, right? Oh my gosh, my okay, just give it to me and let's get this over with. (laughs) She had to have her cousins teach her. My mom teach Chuck's cousins had to teach her about her period because my nana was like, oh my gosh, no, I can't even go there. So you know, you change things as as you get older, and and you you know, and the world changes, and how we experience, you know. the world together changes. Um, but but taking what they did right and using it, taking what they did wrong and losing it, 
the only way you're going to be able to do that is if actually you participate in that self-reflection and you are aware and not embarrassed also to say that you didn't like something, something was icky back there and you're going to change it. I like and, that. And That's that- like a sit by the, by the, in the yard and just make a little list. And here are the things I want to, yeah. I want to lose. I like that. I'm going to do that. And that's a moment also, too, for gratitude, you know, as you have that gratitude practice in your life. I know it may seem strange to be grateful for things that feel icky, but the only way you're going to grow from that and change it going forward for the next generation is if you acknowledge that you survived that or you got through that or you learned something from it and you're going to change it. So I think there's beauty in the breakdown. There's gratitude sometimes in the messiness. I want to go to the girls in the booth. Did you girls feel comfortable going to your mom with everything and anything? Natasha, Kelsey? Yes. I feel like I knew the answer with you guys. You knew the answer with me. I'm laughing. Yeah, I'm laughing because I tell my my mom's like, please stop, please stop, please stop. And I'm like, so, okay, in college, I then, I hooked up with this person. And she's like, stop. No, sir. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, I would I wouldn't tell I her would just die. to like chat with her. I would tell her because I wanted her like help and opinion. So she she I feel like when I was younger, I would just spew like that. Now I'm more intentional about what I tell her. But yeah, no, we talk about everything. <laughs> My sister, on the other hand, is like hell though. But yeah, everything. Natasha, um, I was in a different situation. Um, my mom got dementia when I was 10, so I didn't oh, really like gosh. Of her. But my aunt, who became my mother figure later in life, I phoned her like every day and I share stuff with her. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about yeah. your mom. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I, we were like really strict <laughs> Greek family and like they were very old school. And even though my mom wasn't like that, she wasn't, it just was... I don't know. My parents were in such survival mode trying to put food on the table and it was not easy. And my dad was a severe type 1 diabetic, almost dying on the regular. So there was just no time for that. Like there was no time to build that kind of connection where you could feel safe talking about it because we were just surviving. So so I do want to foster that with my daughter where she knows she can come to me for anything and that I'll be there to help her and um, and guide her and, you know, that. So, but I like making this list. I think, you know, what do I want to keep and what do I want to lose? I think that's a really great way to do it. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. (laughs) you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. And not being able, not being afraid also to, to show the imperfections. You know, I think that as a parent, a lot of parents feel, and even as a nanny, I felt because here you are, you've got these little kids, you know, they're looking up to you. You feel like you have to be a role model. There's a lot of responsibility. 
think you feel like it ha- you have to be perfect. It has to be perfect or else you're going to fail them. Like you're talking about, you know, the traumas or things you're healing inside too. And um, one of the things I think about vulnerability and that honesty coming from a parent is is very moving and very profound is it allows and gives permission to your child to make mistakes. Mm. And if you never show the, the vulnerability in yourself, then where they're going to learn at other places, but wouldn't you rather them see that from you uh, that they, again, it's the permission uh, and, and that frees them then, because I think growing up, I, I could, I could pinpoint moments where I felt like I was so imperfect and I was disappointing my parents or everyone around me. And when I started having more and more conversations, not just with my mom, but my village or the other people in my life that loved me and were there for me, it started to give me that permission. I w- it was a lesson I wish I had learned earlier. That's where Kevin is so afraid. <laughs> he used to say, I'm so scared if you ever have a daughter, because I was so terrified of my parents that I picked a pitched a pretty perfect game. I mean, I didn't kiss my first boy till 18. I didn't oh my have gosh. sex till I was in college. I didn't do anything until college. And so... Right. You're a good girl. Yeah, you're a very this good girl. It's going to be tough, guys. <laughs> She's going to be like, oh, God, I'm screwed. No, I, you know, it again, you know, like what Kelsey, you're saying that you told, you know, everything. Like there were things that some things I would tell my mom too. And she's like, I don't think I needed to necessarily know that. She wouldn't say that out loud to me. But, you know, there's something you're like, I don't think I needed, needed to know all that information. But I think also what you bring to the table too with that Maria is since you you maybe did some of those things later in life or you grew up in such a a strict family um that you can also look at that from a different perspective with her then and think well was there anything that i wished that maybe i could have changed about how i experienced something would that have changed my life in some way would that change the trajectory would it have made me handle certain things in my life differently and then apply that to you know how you're going to parent i think that again it's that reflection of of course, your parents did the very best they could. And I think you probably felt unconditionally loved by them. So mm-hmm. those pillars of your life were there. But you can go back and also look and think, okay, well, you know, we can't do anything about the past. We can't change our experience. But what is it that we learned from it? And if I could give advice then to my daughter, you know, this is maybe what I would have done differently. Let them hear you say those words. I would have done this differently. There should be no shame in that. Yeah, I think... And, and what I've, whenever I've mentored younger people, I'm always like, listen, <laughs> boys only want one thing at that age and it's not going to lead you anywhere. So can we just focus on where we want to go in life? Because I think the reason I succeeded the, the way I did and as fast as I did, because my mind was on one thing and that was winning right. and achieving and all, and, you know, being involved in positive things and not getting sucked out by, not sucked out, but sucked and drawn down by bad peer groups or a boyfriend who was like dragging me down and, you know, bringing me into bad areas and doing bad things and stuff. So I feel like I know that there's arguments to, well, their experiences and stuff like that. But for me, I only saw the positives, but what my parents did that was really special and unique because they were super strict. It was like, I was a senior in high school and I had to be in by 9 PM and it was, I wasn't far from that. <laughs> it was hard. But they yeah. used to say, Maria, do you know how hard it is to say no 
It's harder to say no than to say yes. We say this because we love you. And I was like, oh, and I got it. It made sense to me. It didn't make it easier with my friends when I'm like, I can't go. I can't go. I can't go. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't cross the street. Um, But I knew they were doing it for my own good. And when I started to watch things around me, like in seventh grade, there was a girl who got pregnant in front of me and I'm watching the abortion flyer fly, you know, between two friends. I was like, oh, that's why they won't let me have a boyfriend. Okay, noted. Thank you. But I, I, I love that gave me goosebumps. You said about how hard it is to say no. Uh, I was like you, Maria. I, I, you know, I was much more interested in being the president of student council than I was having a boyfriend in mm-hmm. school. That's where my mind was. You know, again, it was. I, I, I also think I felt what what made me feel like I had worth or what was valuable. And I don't think I realized that back then, but for some reason that was something that I think existed within you and me from a young age was that, that worth or that value that we had. Now, maybe it was instilled in us for a little bit of fear because we grew up in strict houses, you know, and that's okay too. You know, there's, there's healthy fear, (laughs) right? There's healthy fear and then there's unhealthy fear. Exactly. But um, you know, I think that that, that drive within you or those that that value system, you know, the things that you wish maybe had been different when you were younger, because it was a strict household and you, you weren't able to do what everyone else was doing, perhaps the values of your home, though, the same things that drove you crazy were the same things that ended up creating yeah. this person that you are today with all that work ethic and drive and passion. So, you know, it, it's that balance scale, of, yeah. you know did you take that and use it? And how did that apply to your life? There's not a lot I would change. They, they wouldn't let me do sleepovers and mm-hmm. it was sad, but I know why they were doing it. Bad why? things can happen, whether it's with relatives and my mom was terrified. Right. I mean, there's reasons for her terror, but, um, but I think it's in explaining and it's in, it's in how you, how you share it with your kids. So I feel like I'll probably do a lot of similar things, um, to be honest, because I just see how it worked for me and I, and I, and I understood it and I was an older soul. So I, I, I know there was a good part of me that got it no matter how much it sucked sometimes because, you know, it is what it is. So, okay, friends. So we chatted a lot longer than I thought. So this is going to be a two-parter. Stay tuned for part two tomorrow with my conversation with Florence Sands. So in the meantime, be nice people, make good choices and be present. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions.